Glory to God. You are welcome to this podcast, The Fountain of Life. I pray that as you listen to this message, the revelation of God works in your life continuously, that you may see yourself walk a walk worthy of the Lord and being fruitful in all your endeavors, that your testimony shall be evident to all and people shall be drawn unto your light that you carry, that they may also be partakers of your inheritance. May that be your portion in the mighty name of Jesus Christ our Lord. Hallelujah. When we walk around, we all have our desires and we have things that we want to see manifest in our lives. So we seek the Lord and tell him of these things that pain us and for some of us we are indeed in dire straits and we really need the hand of God to manifest. So many are crying, Lord, remember me. Others are reminding God of the things that they have done for the Lord, but they don't seem to see the hand of God pulling them out of a certain ditch and putting them on a throne. Yet, the scripture says that we are gods. So how is it possible that someone who is supposed to be a god is also lying under a, a certain pit? And they are eating with the same people who should ideally be serving them. You know the scripture tells us in Isaiah chapter 1 verse 19 that if you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. Now, who is not willing really? I know everyone is willing. We all want to see good things happen unto us and good things happen unto the people that are close to us. But you walk around and see that on average, it's more of the children of darkness who are in charge. While the children who are supposed to be in command, the children of God, who are supposed to walk in dominion in times like this, are still wallowing in the back benches of society. And when issues are being raised, they do not have a voice because they have been shut up. But is that how it's supposed to be? And what can we do, especially in times like these, as we prepare for the soon return of our Lord, that the tide might change so that we are at the forefront and everyone shall know that indeed the Lord reigns supreme. Because regardless of what is happening around you and how dire your situation is, the Lord is on the throne and is waiting for you to move according to a certain pattern that he is already set. For a large part, we are seated and waiting for him to manifest. But the time has come where we have to start moving and he's not going to show up unless we start acting as it's supposed to be. Glory to God. You know the scripture tells us in Psalms 119 verses 105 that your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. We are not going to move from point A to Z unless we follow diligently the word of the Lord and move with each stride only looking at him because he is our source. But you see, the funny bit is that the times that we live in, or okay, probably something that has always affected man mankind, we are so opini opinionated and we are going to be told something 
and we are wondering, no, is that really true? But maybe I can do it this way. There is a line that you choose to take which is either going to sway you down or thrust you up. So it's up to you to make a decision and know that this is something that is going to give me life. So if the scripture says that the word of the Lord is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path, why don't we follow it? And why can't we fully embrace it to say to it that these things manifest in our lives and people shall indeed know that this is the work of the Lord. Because many of us, when we come into church and maybe a congregation, we get excited because of the uh, uh, corporate anointing and we all decree, like the scripture tells us in Job 22 verse 28, that thou shalt decree a thing and it shall be established. We all decree and we go home and we are happy and when something ca- uh, comes uh, and, trying to, uh, and trying to disorganize us, we still decree, make decrees and say I'm the head, I'm not the tail. But in reality, is it really happening? Doesn't mean that the scripture is false. No. Thou shalt decree a thing and it shall be established. True. But how come certain things are not happening in our lives? What is it that we are getting wrong that is not enabling us to move forward? Because when we talk about some of these things, they have to be embedded so much in our lives that we move in oneness with the Lord. You know the scripture which says that we have an unction with the Holy One and we know all things. So if we know all things, why is it that we are not in command? How come? We have to start abiding in the Lord that all our desires surely are the desires of the Lord. Like the Bible tells us in John 15 verse 7 that if you abide in me and my words abide in you, then you shall ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. Amen. You have to abide in the Lord and his words abiding in you, then you shall see these things manifest before you. But you see, for us to see these things come easily unto us, we need to know how to follow instruction and we need to know what we are supposed to do to see ourselves move from one realm of glory to another from glory to glory as it's meant to be and as it's expected to be hallelujah the scripture tells us in hebrews chapter 1 from verse 1 it says God, who at various times and in various ways spoke in time past to the fathers by the prophets, has in these last days spoken to us by his Son, whom he has appointed heir of all things, through whom also he made the worlds. Hallelujah. So, here the scripture is telling us how in the ancient paths, past, uh, the Lord spoke unto us by the prophets. But now, is speaking to us. Hallelujah. Of course, this doesn't uh, uh, nullify the purpose of the prophets. The prophets still exist in our time. Hallelujah. You know the scripture tells us in Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11, which says, 
and he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edification of the body of Christ. That means prophets are still very much relevant in our times. Amen? But the scripture is telling us in Hebrews 1, verse, w- uh, verse 1, that the Lord in the past spoke to our fathers by the prophets, but in these last days has spoken to us by his Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. We all know, for as long as you are a child of God, you have seen the hand of God upon your life, and you have had certain instructions that have been given unto you by the Lord. It can be through knowings, promptings, and sometimes even nudgings. It, and we do not know even how to describe it because we have seen situations where you are driven by intuition and s- something manifests. Then you go around saying, but something told me. Something told me this. But I decided to go the other side. But indeed, it's the Lord who is speaking unto you and telling you, do this. We struggle with instructions many times because we want to do things our way and because we want to follow logic. But you see, there is something so powerful about the word of God that does not involve you having to overthink things. The moment the Lord has spoken something, just believe it wholeheartedly and start moving. The moment you put in any kind of doubt, you're going to short circuit your miracle. Hallelujah. The kind of faith that we should have is knowing in reality that the words of the Lord cannot fall to the ground. Amen. You remember in the Bible, in the Acts of the Apostles. So, the scripture is telling us that uh, uh, that Peter had been arrested. Uh, Acts chapter 12. So, uh, uh, he's going to be persecuted the following day. But what was he doing? He was sleeping. If I'm to go there, Acts chapter 12, from verse 5, uh, which says, Peter was therefore kept in prison, but constant prayer was offered to God for him by the church. And when Herod was about to bring him out, that night Peter was sleeping, bound with two chains between two soldiers, and the guards before the door were keeping the prison. Now behold, an angel of the Lord stood by him, and a light shone in the prison, and he struck Peter on the side and raised him up, saying, Arise quickly. And his chains fell off his hands. Then the angel said to him, Guard yourself and tie on your sandals. And so he did. And he said to him, Put on your garment and follow me. So he went out and followed him and did not know that what was done by the angel was real, but thought that he was seeing a vision. Hallelujah. But ask yourself, who would sleep when they know that the following day they are going to be killed? How? Are you able to tell me that for you can sleep soundly, knowing that the following day you are going to be slaughtered? And at the time, the persecution was rife. It was 
there is no way you you were going to escape it for as long as you've been captured but somehow he came out of it and nothing happened to him because the hand of the lord was upon him you remember in john after jesus's resurrection uh, at the restoration of peter when he asked him uh 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 at the restoration of peter where jesus asked peter Simon Peter son of Bajona do you love me more than this and 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 he says feed my my sheep yes him three times now the scripture tells us in John chapter 21 verses 18 uh most assuredly i said to you when you were younger you guarded yourself and walked where you wished but when you are old you will stretch out your hands and another will guard you and carry you where you do not wish hallelujah this in itself was a prophecy that was been given unto peter by the by, by the lord jesus christ telling him how uh, when he will be older he will be taken where where he doesn't wish to now for a man who a few years afterwards is now captured and is supposed to be dead but peter just decided ah, for me i'm going to be asleep because my lord jesus christ said when i shall be older <laughs> hallelujah so for these prophecies that have been given unto us and for these things that have been given unto us how many of us are able to put ourselves in that situation of rest knowing that he who began the wonderful work in you shall surely put it to completion because when it is said unto us it's supposed to give us a certain kind of rest not merely temporary relief where you feel excited and the moment you reach home and think about your problems you start groaning and murmuring that is not something that bathes a miracle you are supposed to stay calm in the midst of a storm hallelujah you know The Bible tells us in Hebrews chapter 4 from verse 1 therefore since a promise remains of entering his rest let us fear lest any of you seem to have come short of it for indeed the gospel was preached to us as well to them but the words which they had did not profit them not being mixed with faith in those who heard it for we who have believed do enter the rest as he said so i swore in my wrath they shall not enter my rest although the works were finished from the foundation of the world hallelujah make sure with the promises that have been given unto you they put you in a state of rest knowing that your lord is able to sustain you hallelujah just know that there is nothing that can move you from that place that is your place enter into it and claim it until it becomes a reality in your life hallelujah glory to god you see there are times where the lord is going to say something but you are afraid you're wondering how it's going to happen and you're like lord but really and sometimes we end up delaying our season or someone else 
takes our position. And that is that, that is absurd. Absurd. We are supposed to act immediately for as long as we hear the sound of the Lord and we know with certainty that this is a word for the season. Hallelujah. In the book of Judges, uh, chapter 4, uh, shows us uh, about uh, the children uh, of, of Israel who had been afflicted after the death of Ehud, who had been the judge, who, he was the second judge of, of Israel. Uh, and after his death, despite Israel having had uh, 80 years of peace, so after his death, there came a, a judge who was called Shamgar. You remember him? He's the one who slaughtered 600 Philistines with, uh, 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 what, what, what do they call it? Uh, it's called uh, uh, an ox god, uh, god G-O-A-D, which is actually like a traditional farming uh, instrument that is used to, uh, to, to spur oxen and push them to move forward, something like that. Okay, okay, something that I don't know uh, how to describe it properly. Uh, okay, it looks like a stick. Okay, take it that way. But with that, he was able to slaughter 600 people. Okay, back to uh, Judges chapter 4. So, in Judges chapter 4, the story is told of how the children of Israel had been afflicted at the hand of the king of Canaan, who was called Jabin who uh, uh, reigned in Hazo, and the commander of his army was called Sisera. Amen? It was called Sisera. Now, these children had been afflicted for 20 years, and they were crying unto the Lord. And they sought a miracle. But you remember, the scripture tells us in Hosea, chapter 12, uh, verse 13, that and by a prophet, the Lord brought Israel out of Egypt, and by a prophet was he preserved. But for 20 years, these people had been crying. Yet there was a prophet in the land, Deborah. Deborah was in the land. Why were they coming unto her? You know, there are certain things that have been written unto us that we should partake of and use to the full so that we are able to draw our miracles faster. There are shortcuts. And even for these children of Israel, they would never have suffered that much had they run to Deborah immediately. But anyway, back to uh, Judges chapter 4. So, the word of God tells us, if I'm to read from, uh, uh, from Judges chapter 4, verse 4, now Deborah, a prophetess, the wife of Lapidoth, was judging Israel at the time. And she would sit under the palm tree of Deborah between Ramah and Bethel in the mountains of Ephraim. And the children of Israel came up to her for judgment. Then she sent and called for Barak, the son of Abinom, from Kadesh in Naphtali, and said to him, Has not the Lord God of Israel commanded, Go and deploy troops at Mount Tabor? Take with you 10,000 men of the sons of Naphtali and of the sons of Zebulun. And against you, I will deploy Sarah, the commander of Jabin's army, with his chariots and his multitude at the river Kishon, 
and I will deliver him into your hand. And Barak said to her, If you will go with me, then I will go. But if you will not go with me, I will not go. So she said, I will surely go with you. Nevertheless, there will be no glory for you in the journey you are taking. For the Lord will sell Sisera into the hand of a woman. Then Deborah arose and went with Barak to Kadesh. That's where I've stopped. The scripture is telling us, okay, that I will, Deborah speaking, that I will go with you. Nevertheless, this battle is going to go unto a woman. Because, you see, a word had been spoken, and we know clearly that when the prophet is telling you that go and do this and this and this, an instruction has been registered and it has been received. It has been registered in heaven and it's a surety that it's going to come to pass. All you have to do is follow instruction and move. It's been given unto you. But Barak says, no, he's not going to go unless Deborah goes with him. So, of course, they went and defeated uh, this army and Sisera runs away. And he went and hid uh, 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 and uh, he was being protected, quote-unquote, by a certain lady who was called Jael, thinking that he was safe in that tent. Yet she decides to get a hammer and nail his temples. So in as much as Barak continued to pursue him, to look for him, by the time he reached, Sisera had already been killed by a woman. So he did not see any glory. When certain things have been spoken unto us, how do we position ourselves and how do we move? And how have we prepared ourselves to see, to eat that we are in the right season and we know the right uh, anointing to tap? In Matthew chapter 8, we look at the story of the Roman centurion. He comes unto the Lord Jesus Christ and tells him of how his servant had been afflicted so much. He was uh, paralyzed and really tormented. So he comes and cries unto, uh, unto the Lord Jesus Christ. Then Jesus told him in, in, in verse 7, I will come and heal him. But you know what the centurion answered? He said, Lord, I'm not worthy that you should come under my roof, but only speak a word and my servant will be healed. For also I am a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I said to this one, go, and he goes. And to the other, come, and he comes. And to my servant, do this, and he does it. Can you imagine? He told the Lord Jesus Christ, just speak a word, that's enough. Just speak a word, and I shall move. You see, had Barak just had the word, they've told him, get 10,000 from Naphtali and Zebulun and move. But he's like, no, Deborah, I'm not going to move unless you come with me. We are looking at this story of the Roman centurion. For him, 
it is the Lord Jesus. He just speak a word that's enough. And for me, I'll go. You don't even have to come there. How many times have we had certain things or certain blessings given unto us? Let's say you're sick and you're expecting healing. Then you go to a man of God, then he tells you, you're healed, go. But then again, for you, you decide to go to another man of God to ask him whether indeed you're healed. In times like this, especially the season that we live in, there's a lot that is happening around us, so there are various distractions. And we are not fully uh, appropriating the kind of life that we should be living. Because society has continuously progressed, and even the Word of God, people expect certain things to be progressive. So we use a lot of common sense to overthink things, and instead of moving as we ought to move, we have chosen to be wise and think that we can move also with our common sense. But remember, obedience to the word of God is what is going to elevate you. Like the scripture tells us in Isaiah 1.19, if you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the fruit of the land. They have to be both ways, willing and obedient. Many of us are willing, but are not obedient. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The scripture shows us uh, the story of of Saul uh, in the book of First uh, uh, Samuel, uh, chapter fifteen. So the Amalekites come up, and Samuel tells Saul that you have to go and destroy everything there, everything. children, everything, animals. But what did Saul do? He went, destroyed things, and decided to keep the best animals and spared Agag, who was the king of the Amalekites. And because of that, he was rejected as king. And what did Samuel tell him? That obedience is better than sacrifice in First Samuel chapter 15, verse 21. He should have just heeded to the instruction and done exactly what he was told to do. Amen? That is what he had to do only. And indeed he was going to eat the fruit of the land thereafter. But he decided to be greedy. And he saw these fatty animals and how healthy they were. And he was like, no, I should be wise. There is a reason why certain things have been written unto us in the word of God that we might move with a certain kind of light. A light that only emanates from the throne of God. Where we walk with surety that we are doing the right thing. And do you know how powerful the word of God is? Isaiah 9.8 says, 
how a word was spoken unto Jacob and lighted upon Israel. So you can imagine a word was unto a man, but he became a nation. <laughs> Glory to God. How do you look at yourself? And what are the limitations that you put upon yourself? Are you merely supposed to survive this world and wait for eternity? Or we are supposed to be in charge? When Zechariah 117 says that my cities through prosperity shall spread abroad, how are the cities supposed to spread? And who is supposed to be prosperous? Who is supposed to be in charge? It's supposed to be you. It's supposed to be us. We are supposed to eat the good of the land. But how prepared are we to manifest these things? And what are we doing to make sure that these things become a reality in our lives? For how long are we going to cry for miracles? Every time for you, you are in, a, in an emergency. Every time we are crying for God to show up. But he has said that we should come up hither where he is. In Revelation chapter 4, it tells us to come. Are we really seeking? When the scripture says that I love those who love me and those that seek me all shall find me, how do we seek? And do we really want to find him? A time has come for us to manifest these things. And a time has come for us to stand tall and be a revelation in the world as it is. Amen? When you move each and every day, you should be conscious of the things that have been promised unto you by our Lord Jesus Christ. And walk into them until they become a reality in your life. By following the strict pattern that only comes from the word of God. There is a beauty of certain scriptures that have been given unto us so that we may be able to draw inspiration. Like Jude 1-3 which tells us, Beloved, while I was very diligent to write to you concerning our common salvation, I found it necessary to write to you exhorting you to contend earnestly for the faith which was once for all delivered to the saints. There are saints that have gone ahead of us, people who have gone ahead of us, who have seen and gotten certain results. Those should be in position to inspire us, to know that the hand of God is not so short to pull out, uh, to pull us out of situations to pull us out of scenarios that seemingly looked like were killing us. So as you move, what do you see? What do you desire? And how prepared are you to manifest against the so-called behemoth of this world? Amen. Glory to God. I pray that each and every day 
you are attentive to the voice of God. Because he is speaking and is giving instruction. And you know, for as long as you are a child of God, you are going to hear him. Amen. John 10, 27 says, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. You're going to hear him. And when you hear him, move as he leads you. Because you're not going to find yourself in a forest without any kind of help. You're not going to find yourself in sixes and sevens, wondering how you got yourself in that situation. And even if you find yourself in a situation that in the natural looks like a dead end, be sure that that test is turning into a testimony. Because you're not meant to be a loser. You're not meant to be a nobody in this world. That is not who you are. That is not who the Lord intended you to be. Amen. For all the instructions that have been given unto us, we have to walk into them. It's, it's absurd when we read certain scriptures and things are plain. Things are clear. Because we who are children of God, for a large part we are praying in the name of Jesus. But the word of God is telling us in John chapter 16, verse 23, and in that day you will ask me nothing. Most assuredly, I say unto you, whatsoever you ask the Father in my name, he will give it unto you. Until now you have asked nothing in my name. Ask that you shall receive, that your joy may be full. So the Lord Jesus Christ is saying, until now you've asked nothing in my name. Ah. But people are crying out to the Lord Jesus Christ every day. So whom are they crying out to? You see, there is a certain posture which is higher than lip service. And that is the only way that you're going to manifest these things. Amen. So as you walk each and every day of your life, listen to the voice of God. And may he dwell in your inner man. May he be a part of you that the reality of his presence is able to bring about all the things that you desire way above what you had ever imagined or desired. That's why Paul writing in Ephesians chapter 3 from verse 14 says, For this cause I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and the length and the depth and the height to know the love of God which surpasses knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God now unto him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. Hallelujah. May that be your portion. And as you move each and every day of your life, walk with the assurance that you are a winner and the Lord has already granted you victory. 
So when you hear his voice and when he speaks unto you, just start moving because his path cannot lead you to doom. The scripture tells us, uh, the psalmist in 16 verses 11, that he will show us the path of life and in his presence is the fullness of joy. On his right hand are pleasures forevermore. May you see those pleasures and may that be a reality in your life. Do not doubt the word of God for it is, it is the truth and we are going to be delivered only by it in the mighty name of Jesus. Hallelujah. In case you have been blessed by this message and you want to reach out to me, you can send me an email. Uh, on uh, The email address is fountain.life12 at gmail.com and be sure I shall be able to respond unto you. May, Lord, may the Lord bless you richly and may you see yourself manifest from one glory to another in the mighty name of Jesus Christ our Lord who is our identity and our only source of life. Amen.